right, can everybody hear me online? Yes. I don't know if everybody can hear me. Um, anyway, I'm going to talk about parameter sniffing and query plan management, specifically with uh, SQL Server. Um, all databases handle this kind of stuff a little bit differently. Um, so this, what I'm going to show you is going to be specific to SQL Server itself. Um, this, these kind of issues do arise in other database systems, um, but they'll be handled differently. And um, I'm not real familiar with those systems, so I can't speak to them too much. But um, anyway, let's get started a little bit about what it is, um, how we can kind of fix it and what kind of causes these issues. Um, but to give a little bit of a background, um, when you have a query that runs on a database system, there's a number of steps that happen. Um, the first one is uh, the query is actually parsed. And what this means is it's checking to make sure that all the syntax of the query is correct. Um, and it builds a, they call it logic tree, which is a tree of all the different operators that will logically happen. Um, you're joining a couple tables, uh, what you're selecting. Um, that will then be uh, fed into what's called binding. And the binding part is actually verifying that all the tables that you list, um, the columns, they are actual valid, and they're compiling those. Uh, the third step is what we're mostly going to be talking about today. Um, that's the optimi optimization or the optimizer. Um, this step is where it's actually going to go out and take that logic tree, what you specify, and determine how it's actually going to physically go out, get this data, and return it to you. Um, and it does this by trying to um, evaluate a large number of uh, plans. Um, it's a very uh, interesting um, topic that I probably don't understand hardly the surface of it, but um, we'll talk about it a little bit. Um, the other part of what we're going to talk a little bit about is the when it builds all these plans, we're going to look at the cost of it. And that's where we're going to run into some issues with parameter sniffing. Um, the last step then is where the engine will take the query that it finds in, from the optimizer and actually execute it and then return it out to the, the user. Um, I do have a plan caching there. I'm not exactly sure where that falls in on if it's under the optimization or execution. Um, I've seen mixed kind of um, reports of where it goes. It's not really important here. Um, but we'll talk about a little bit about what that plan caching means um, when we get there. Um, so the query optimizer is they call a cost-based optimizer. And what that means is when it's looking at all these different physical execution plans, it's going to calculate the cost of what it's going to take to actually execute it, whether it means um, it's going to look at the I.O. from pulling stuff off the disk, to look at the CPU time, to actually calculate all these um, different uh, plans. And it's going to try to return a good enough plan. It's not going to return the best plan because uh, when it comes up with all the permutations for all the different uh, plans they can do, it's going to look at all the different indexes, all the different uh, statistics, all the different algorithms they can use. It's just not possible for it to do it in a 
short amount of time. Um, so it's going to return the good enough plan. And that's because we're more important just getting our data back. We don't want to have there, sit there and wait for it to return a plan, you know, searching for our best plan for an hour when it only takes, you know, half a second to actually execute it. Um, so as I mentioned, it'll take this uh, logic tree. That's that first step parser does. And it's going to compile it into an actual execution plan. Um, and we'll look at some execution plans here in just a moment. Part of the compilation, it's going to look at a number of different things. It's going to look at all the statistics on the tables, um, which is going to be kind of the distribution of the data. They'll tell the engine how much how many rows are in the ta table, uh, what values have what you know, the row counts. It just tells the kind of the general shape of the table. Um, environment settings will also cause different execution plans. Um, I'll touch a little bit more on that later. Um, and then the runtime parameter values. And that's for your implementations with uh, the parameter sticking. Um, so when it generates the execution plan, it's actually going to go back to the call that the user makes to see this is the parameter that I'm executing this plan with. And it's going to try to optimize the plan based on that parameter. Usually that's a good thing. Sometimes it causes big issues. Um, and then where it causes the issues is because it caches that plan and it'll keep reusing it over and over and over. So if it comes up with a really bad plan that can cause performance issues, that'll keep having causing people to uh, over and over have the queries run long or whatever the issue is. Um, so um, talk a little bit about statistics. Um, so an example I'm going to show in a minute. Um, you actually have uh, a table in there that um, this table here is what's causing the issue. It's a table that has, I don't even know what's in the table, um, not important. Um, but the distribution of the data is very skewed towards one value. There's, a, there's an index on the table, and there's only about 20,000 rows in this table. And you can see there's 18,500 that have a value of zero. And I think there's like 200 that have a value of seven, and then four, nine, and 10 each have like two values. So what we're going to see is if we run a query and we give it a parameter of nine, it's going to come up with the best plan for the value of nine. Then we're going to see what happens when we run it in the value of zero and how that can be really bad thing. Um, so that's what we call kind of a skewed distribution. Um, here's a, obviously the ideal solution um, where our data is evenly distributed. Um, all the values in this case have one. It's the primary key. I kind of cheated on this graph. Um, but every key, every key is going to have one value. So that makes it really easy for the optimizer to kind of estimate how many rows are going to be returned. So we're going to hop into an example now. Um, what we're going to look at here is centered real good. This is an actual um, uh, execution plan I ran into about two weeks ago. 
um, for a system here on campus. And um, what the users experienced was um, in the GUI, they were looking up a part in their system and it always runs really fast. It should just pop up instantaneously. Well, for whatever reason, one morning they come in, they start, they go in to search, and not even all values, um, but certain parts they go search for, they get an error page. And what the error page was basically saying was the query timed out. So it's hitting 30 seconds. Uh, the ASP.NET engine was saying, have had enough or cancel the query, give them an error. Um, normally, like I said, it just pops up instantaneously. So this is a subset of the whole execution plan. Um, if you haven't seen one of these before, basically what it's showing is um, this is, would be the compiled version. We have all the different indexes that's going to touch to return data, uh, showing uh, the operators that use to join the data, and basically it's how it's physically gathering all that data and pulling it together. Um, what I'm showing you here is the estimated plan. Um, so basically what this is showing is when we first run the statement, um, we use that value of nine that I told you about a little bit ago. And remember it only had a very small number of uh, results. So we can see here, uh, you can read it really well, but there's this little kind of pink number. It's a one. So basically the engine, when it creates this plan, it's thinking that all these operators are going to return one row. So this plan is going to have to run really fast. At least it thinks. And then we can also hover over, pick out this specific uh, operator. Hopefully you can see that. Um, I was talking about the cost. It's showing cost of 0 0.02. So this is what it determined was the lowest cost plan for these values. Um, another plan that it came up with was this plan. And I'm going to hover over this operator. And we should see 0 0.04 for the cost. So this plan, the optimizer determined was uh, not as efficient. So pick the other plan. The problem is the other plan was what I consider a bad plan because it's optimized for that magic number nine. This plan is actually going to run better when we run it against the, um, the value of zero. It's going to return more rows. So what we're going to look at next is I'm going to show the actual cost. So remember all these little pink numbers? And you can see it now. Um, but they're all ones because that's the numbers that I was estimating that would return. Now I'm going to zoom in and we're going to show the actual counts. So up here, when it actually goes out to look at the table, um, we're going to see it returns at 
1,600 rows. And each of these load ups is going to be 1,600 rows. And we're going to come over here to uh, our join, which eventually comes over here. And um, it's going to call this operator 1,600 times, which in turn then calls, ends up with a result of about 29 million rows. Folks calling this operator down here then about 29 million times. And if we kind of show you here, when we hover over that operator, it shows us up here um, 18,000 rows. Remember that histogram I showed you? For value zero, it's returned 18,000 rows. Multiply that by the 1,600 rows that we saw, we're now getting 30 million rows. That's the loop over those. 30 million times. So every time the user would enter in a specific part that's now running this plan, it's taking longer than 30 seconds for them to run, causing their web page to time out. So that's kind of really fast what the parameter sniffing looks like and what's happening in the background. Um, we kind of talk about next a little bit about what we can do to uh, um, fix this issue once we find it. Um, obviously, this is an this is easier to do once you if this is code that uh, you wrote. If it's a third party vendor, then you have to deal with them and um, work with them to get it uh, fixed, which that uh, previous example was. We're still trying to get them to figure out what's going on. Um, but in this case, for this example, um, I kind of have a contrived example. Uh, the query doesn't mean anything. It's just a query I wrote to uh, kind of demo some of these topics. Um, so what I have is a sort procedure that takes one parameter, and um, we're going to look at two different parameters, pizza and milk. Um, like I said, it doesn't really mean anything. Um, but if we run them in a specific order, uh, we'll get different runtime. So if you're running pizza first, it should return in about, and then about four seconds. And now if you run milk, it should run in about the same amount of time, about four seconds. So, um, and if you guys have questions later, I how good all the I/O that is doing. You can see it's doing millions of reads on the tables, but we can ignore that for now. Um, but now let's do the the same two procedures, but in reverse order. So I'm going to call this uh, free broadcast that goes through the um, plan cache. Then it'll delete all the plans that we have out there. And we're going to start fresh. So this will be the first time we run this store procedure now. Uh, but we're going to do it with milk. And in this case, you can see it's showing zero, but in essence, it ran in like 180 milliseconds. So I'm not going to run this next one um, just for the sake of time. But in the previous run when I did it, it took about 97 seconds to return. Um, 
So this tells us that this particular store procedure has some kind of sensitivity to parameters. Um, and it's all because of the, the skew in the data um, I introduced by basically, um, I think I think no, I think there's only like 10 rows versus pizza has like 100,000 rows. So it causes extra IO and extra looping to happen. Um, so, we can look at the actual plan cache to see what's stored out there. And we'll run this query. Um, in this case, um, we can click on this and it'll give us the compile plan. It'll show us the text and how many times it's been run. Um, this is one way to kind of find any trouble uh, issues that you have. Um, we're going to use that here in a little bit. Um, but the first way to fix this is, um, I guess they call it kind of a local or a dummy variable. Um, so basically what we're doing is we're taking the same store procedure, but all we're doing is adding a local um, variable within the uh, store procedure itself. And all we do is we take the parameter and assign it to that value, to that variable, and then use that variable everywhere else in the store procedure. This kind of tricks the uh, optimizer so it's no longer able to um, determine what that value is when it compiles it. Um, so it does, when it uh, kind of comes up with the execution plan, it'll try to take like the average of the, all the values. So it'll come up with a different uh, plan. Um, this will hopefully give us a more stable plan. Uh, and if we run it, depending on what order we run, we should get similar run times. Need a change. Well, I should make a change. Now I run for milk. Should take about two seconds. And the same thing for pizza. So, in this case, it doesn't matter what order the procedures run, they'll both return about the same. Um, so, I, and this is kind of where you have to make a decision. You created the cache before you ran each one. You created the cache before you ran the old one. One day, you both run in about two seconds. If you cleared it before you ran it. Well, there was zero the first time. Like when you ran milk after clearing, it was like in zero seconds. Right, that's because I forgot to uh, actually run this right. part. It actually changed the store procedure. So it was running the original store procedure. So now I got the procedure changed. And the reason I ran the free proc cache in front of both of them was just to show that um, no matter which one runs first, they both run in about the same amount of time. We could, I mean, we could run um, milk. Oops. And it should run in just a couple seconds. 
It doesn't matter which order we run them at this point, they should return the same, same thing. Because it's not looking at the parameter value to, to compile the, the plan. It's based off of the statistics at this point. So we can put whatever value we want there and it should always look at the same plan. That makes sense? So it's possible for a statistic of that plan to run parameter values even if it's never been run it does, it does have to run. I guess I'm, it won't it won't compile until you run it the first time. It's after it's been run once where it has the capacity to look at a parameter and say, hey, you're gonna cache or you're gonna run a bad plan that we have fully seen in the table. So the first time it'll run, when it's compiling it, that's when it waits for the parameter value. And then that's where it's still compiling it at that point and determining which plan to pick. And based off of the cost then of all the different plans, it picks which one's the one that it wants to run. So you gave the example where the table it added like a few times a whole bunch of zeros, right? Mm -hmm. So you ran the clear cache thing and then ran the one for the table where there was no, you didn't do the parameter trade, it would take however many seconds. If you ran it again after you did the cache, but take the nine, it should still take the same amount of time. If I did this trick, if you, for your first example, if I Well, isn't it zero? Right, so you're, okay. So we're not talking about this here with the local variable. You're trying to understand the cash part and actually. All right, so basically, once you go back to here, so really what's happening is, um, Part of the optimization, that's what it's looking at the parameter value, it comes up with a plan, and then um, the execution, that's where it takes that plan and uh, runs it on the, um, the tables. This isn't necessarily when the user runs it, because the user is running it, and that's what's kicking off the whole process. So you had that, there was one thing on the execution plan that said, I'm running, or when the SQL server runs this, it's only expecting to get back one row. And then mm -hmm. it actually ran and got like 50 times. Right. Is it possible for those to take that uh, option if it has never run the query before? For the option where it has the one value? Yeah. Expecting one for the disk. That's because it's been run before, right? Yeah. But then when it, that first time it still runs and it gets 1,500. Well, I'm Yeah, so it is possible that can happen. Um, but usually that wouldn't be the parameter sniffing. That might be um, something like statistics or out of date. Or it could be a, it could be a case where it's not able to do the parameter sniffing. Um, and it just comes up with a bad plan that's Known to happen based off of the cost. 
But generally, if you have good statistics, it shouldn't return and say you're going to have one realm and then come back and have a whole bunch. Usually, that's just a statistic you would be updated on your tables. At all? No, I don't think I'm asking a question right now. Okay. All right. Well, we can talk more later if you want. Um, So the second way um, to kind of fix this is um, with an optimizer hint um, where we say optimize for unknown. And essentially this ends up being the same uh, result as the first uh, resolution um, where it optimizes it not knowing what the parameter value is and just goes and asks, looks at the table and says, this is what the average number of rows um, are and then builds a plan based off of that. It doesn't even take the parameter into um, consideration. So I'm going to skip over writing that uh, just for time. Um, but the next one, we can also, if we know um, we want, we have this issue and we know that we want the plan that's compiled when we run pizza. We can add uh, an optimizer again to say optimize it with pizza in mind, even though the first time we run it, it's asking for milk. This will compile it based off of pizza, um, pull the statistics for that, and generate that plan. Um, <coughs> we'll just go ahead and run that. We'll clear up cache and then no, and again it should return in about two three seconds, and both should return the same. And if we run the different order, it'll still be the same because it's not looking at the parameter. So the last. Um, Kind of thing, way to fix this is a uh, option where we add with recompile. Um, basically, what this says is every time the store procedure is run, it's just going to recompile from scratch. It's not even going to put this the plan that it gets in cache. Um, this, will, this could potentially add extra CPU and uh, runtime on the query because it's doing these compilations, but that just kind of depends on how often these procedures run. Um, but it does have an interesting side effect that no matter what um, parameter you pass in, it's always going to pick the best plan for that parameter. So we have to the procedure, clear the cache. Now we'll run it for milk. And it came back in zero, which basically the 180 milliseconds if I run for pizza, now I'm still going to have that same optimal plan for pizza, which is about three, three seconds. At the very beginning, if you remember, when I did this in this order, I did milk first and pizza. Pizza took about uh, 97 seconds. So this time it's now running that plan based off of pizza. And to show this, 
we can look in the, the plan cache. Can we see that there's no there's no records returned down here? And that's because every time it executes the plan, it just throws it away. It doesn't even bother saving it. What what is about the percentage of time for the entire query to actually generate the plan? Like 180 milliseconds per mill. How much time of that is generated is reading part of the sort of procedure there? Um, you can add somewhere in here and uh, you can do something called um, turn on set statistic IO and time. You can do time and then we'll scroll back down to no. You click on messages, I'll zoom in here. Yeah, so it should show uh, parsing file time. In this case, zero milliseconds, which means less than a millisecond. So, then for this procedure, it happens really fast. That seems awesome. Why don't we just do that all the time? Because I've seen queries that don't compile that fast. But if it takes 10 milliseconds, still, still way awesome. Plus, the cutoff where it becomes less awesome. How many times is that running a second? That's where that would make it a lot easier than that, I guess. Yeah. So that's where it just kind of depends. You have to kind of balance. Well, does any of that time ever add up to somebody you know, getting timed out because it's 30 seconds? But it could also be that it adds up to a point where um, you know, the CPU on your server can't keep up, and now you have other queries and batches that are falling behind. <laughs> It's kind of a balancing act, tuning act, where um, I would generally advocate doing that um, for every query, but only um, when needed. One more thing I want to show. What optimized for unknown, but like the average? Yeah, at that point, well, in that case, it's uh, the extra overhead would be you're probably choosing a less than optimal plan. So um, it just depends on how far it is from optimal. If it's choosing a plan, like for example, here when I'm running, um, oh, we did the uh, Whatever it was, we did the optimized for unknown. We ran milk. It returned in about three seconds. But the optimal plan for milk was like 180 milliseconds. So, you know, the overhead would be an extra, you know, like two and a half seconds or whatever. Um, and it just depends on whatever query you have. Just be curious to say over this uh, column. In this data, does that have like a text index built on it already? Or is it just regular? It's a no, it's, a, it's got an index, it's an integer column. But it's no pieces of those are integers. Oh, sorry, I was thinking of the, the, the other system. This one, this is just a text column. Like I said, it's not a, it's a contrived example, it's not best practices. 
said your session um, settings can affect your uh, the plan that you have in cash. So in this case, I'm going to show what happens when you have, we set a rhythm board. So that's a session setting that you can turn on and off and what happens. Um, so I ran really fast. Um, that's not the point here. What we're going to look at is in the plan cache, we now see that there's two plans one for each session variable. So depending on those uh, session variables, their settings, um, you'll get two different plans. And where this can become an issue, and actually I'll show you, you we'll run that. There are plans, we can actually look at all these session settings. And scroll over. So here we can see I have one plan that was compiled with the board on and one that they turned off. So the reason this can become an issue is by default, Management Studio has it on and the .NET client has it turned off. So if you have an application that you're trying to troubleshoot and it's running really, really fast, but the application on the server is running really slow, if you're running in a management studio, um, you could be you could be creating a second plan and not getting the same result if you're trying to troubleshoot one query. So just be uh, aware that um, you may be troubleshooting something that's not the problem at all. So um, when you troubleshoot, make sure you have all your session settings same as with the Circle Lab, and uh, then you can check the plan cache to verify that. Um, you are using the same plans there. Um, that's pretty much all I had. Is there any questions? It's really fast. All righty. Well, I'll hand it off to Hardy, I guess. 